Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast with SN Coman, Head of Commodities, ESG and Emerging Markets Research EMEA. It's Friday, 23rd of June, 2023. And in this week's podcast, SN talks about the mid-year emerging markets outlook. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Essan, at the halfway point in the year, you've been discussing the current state of affairs for emerging markets. Can you summarise how the complex has fared thus far in 2023? Thanks, Una. So yes, notwithstanding that, ample ambiguity with regards to how fast inflation might converge to central bank's targets, it is clear that inflation is finally turning a corner. And as energy and food price shocks dissipate, we see inflation moderating across the region. In the CE3 countries, inflation should decelerate more materially over the summer, but tight labour markets may keep core sticky and ultimately above central bank targets. Specifically in South Africa, we forecast inflation hovering around the 5% year-on-year level, starting from the third quarter and throughout the forecast horizon. Thanks, Una, to the domestic price stabilization mechanisms, however, the GCC inflation has never, in fact, risen dramatically and is proving more stable. Meanwhile, in places like Ukraine, Turkey and Egypt, high inflation rates come from FX shocks among other factors, and are addressed in different ways by policymakers. And given the anticipated change in policy direction, we now see inflation ebbing in Turkey. Now, most central banks have reached peak inflation, their peak rates, with South Africa and Egypt their, ex- their exceptions, with Hungary already easing, Ukraine and the Czech Republic should follow, in our view, at the turn of the new year, while we see a more coordinated cutting cycle only in 2024 with Poland joining the pack. And finally, the South African Reserve Bank does not have the luxury, in our view, of unwinding policy tightness yet, but there are idiosyncrasies and motivations in places like Turkey and Egypt. And finally, Una, from a GDP standpoint, growth in the CE3 is close to stalling at the current juncture, but we believe that it will strengthen in the second half of, of this year as the negative effects of a real disposable income shock start to diminish. And for South Africa, risks are more skewed towards a contraction given tight monetary policy, uh, political uncertainty and failing uh, logistics infrastructure as well as severe energy shortages. Meanwhile, in places like Saudi Arabia, all price headwinds weigh on the growth outlook despite Vision 2030 reforms and investments. And finally, in Ukraine, we do see some stabilization with a rebound likely only when reconstruction kicks in, we think, next year. And in fact, In 2024, we see growth, in fact, accelerating everywhere, but remaining critically below potential. Thanks, Essan. And as we head into the second half of the year, what are your expectations for emerging markets? So, given the uncertain global macro operating environment, we are in the the view that the tilt is is more on the risks. Now, for us, the next dividing line could be the outlook for balance of payments dynamics across the EM space in our view. Indeed, in a world of tightening global financial conditions and questions about the liquidity implications of the now finalized US debt ceiling, we see a degree of macro risk for EM economies with external funding requirements uh, in the the spotlight. 
South Africa, Turkey, and Egypt for us stand out given current account deficits and challenge domestic fundamentals, which underpin the intuition of our bearish view in these markets. And on the contrary, BE3 countries appear to be more stable on a stable footing with generally improved external balances. And finally, Asan, can you run through the country outlooks for our listeners on what we can anticipate for the complex in the second half? Sure. So first on Czech Republic, we envisage Czech GDP growing at around 0.1% year on year in 2023 and rising to 1.6% year on year in 2024. For us, the Czech National Bank will most likely remain on hold as rapid disinflation is playing out, but risks where signal height in the near term remain material. Further ahead, we see policy rates going down to 4.5% by the end of 2024. Next on Egypt, where China's reopening risks spurring commodity prices higher and with it renewed cost price pressures have impacted the country. More broadly, an acceleration of decarbonization is a long-term inflationary for the country given supply constraints. Now, while notwithstanding in near 50% effect adjustment in Egypt in the past year and a new IMF program, the country continues to face FX liquidity shortages and slow progress on government-owned entity sales and FX flexibility does weigh on the macro outlook and increases risks to the credibility of the IMF targets. Meanwhile, for Hungary, we expect the economy to contract this year and thus to underperform its peers, yet we see the tight labour market and robust wage growth keeping core inflation sticky and headline inflation above targets into 2024. And with that, we expect the National Bank of Hungary to proceed only cautiously with easing monetary policy. For Poland, well, on the back of stronger than expected Q1 GDP growth, our 2023 projections now point to 1% year on year, but we keep our view of a subdued recovery in 2024. Headline inflation is to decelerate further in our view, but elevated services inflation will likely keep core inflation quite sticky. For Saudi Arabia, while well, all prices uh, that have come a bit lower does imply that GDP growth will slow down in our view to 2.8% year on year this year, and the budget switching to a very mild 1% of GDP deficit, while the current account should remain at around 9.5% of GDP surplus. Still, the Vision 2030 structural reforms and investment continues to diminish oil's dependence over time. For South Africa, what we see cyclical factors as overwhelmingly bearish at the current juncture, ranging from tight monetary policy, a severe energy shortage, rising uncertainty around foreign policy, and what the 2024 national election may bring. We anticipate more monetary tightening from South Africa and fiscal slippage that are currently being priced in the market. Finally, then in terms of Turkey, well, election uncertainty, of course, is over, but policy uncertainty certainly remains. And encouragingly, of course, President Erdogan has appointed a new cabinet that includes a new vice president, minister of treasury and finance, as well as a central bank governor. And all three are well known to have conventional views. And we view these appointments do signal within the administration that monetary and fiscal policy adjustments are absolutely essential and that such adjustments need to be anchored on market-based policymaking. And as such, in our view, the incoming economic management team is likely to have increased flexibility to restore credibility to put the economy back on a much more sustainable trajectory. And we expect the most immediate step 
will be a gradual normalization of the monetary policy with an increase in the one-week repo rate as we as we go on and thereafter reach levels that might imply positive real rates by the end of this year. Thanks very much for sharing your insight, Ehsan. Have a wonderful week and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Inna. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and reach out to your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.